Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates, Send in the Clowns, The Phoenix Tube Company, CelebrityTrips.com, The Law Firm of Decalator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and Relish Restaurant of Kings Park. Here are your hosts, Mark and A.J. First, I want to find out how you came about being an announcer for the New York Rangers. Growing up in Winnipeg, Canada, naturally, I was very much involved in hockey. Played a little hockey, not too much, but uh, sort of by my youth on and around the hockey rinks. When uh, when I went to Toronto, I was doing a sportscast on CHUM. And I sat the press box quite a bit. And then when I went to New York, I met um, the public relations director of the New York Rangers. And uh, he asked me if I, if I knew much about hockey because they were looking for a color man. And I said, you got the guy. And he sent me over to WINS. And I met Les Kiter, K-E-I-T-E-R. And Les was the program manager there. And he said, he didn't, didn't even audition me. He said, you got the job. <laughs> wow. Do you, and, uh, do, you remember who, do you remember who the public relations uh, man was for the Rangers at that point? Herb Gorin, G-O-R-E-N. So he's the per okay. So you got the, you, you didn't even have to audition, and you got the job right off the bat. I didn't even have to audition. Wow. He said, show up to the Square Garden. Go on the air. That's all. You figure out what to do by yourself. <laughs> I had a, I had a great couple of years doing that, but my most marvelous, my number one achievement, was I was the guy who predicted that goaltenders would wear a mask in National Hockey League. Really? And how and how that happened was Jacques Plante, a Montreal Canadiens, was visiting in New York. The Canadians were visiting New York. And during the game, before the game started in the warm-up, he wore a mask. During the warm-up. Nobody ever wore a mask, but he wore it during the warm-up. When the game started, not too long into the game, he stopped the puck with his forehead and started to bleed like crazy. In those days, they did not carry a second goaltender. So they had to take him into the dressing room and stitch him up. In that 20 minutes that they took him in to stitch him up, I had to cover as a color man. And I sat there and I said, it would not surprise me if when he comes back on the ice, he would be wearing that mask. And if he were wearing the mask, it would be the first time in National Hockey League history. But 20, 20 30 minutes later, out gets Jack Plant on the ice, wearing a mask, and 14,000 people in the Madison Square Garden got to their feet and booed him. Who, who was the play-by-play man at that point with you? Jim Gordon. Oh, Jim Gordon. Okay. All right. Uh, so that was. would you put that as maybe the most memorable game that you covered? Which is, which is the most memorable game you ever covered? Well, that, that's one of them, but that naturally. And another game, um, I can't tell you offhand, but the Canadians were visiting and Maurice Richard, and he scored five or six goals on us. In a great display, Maurice Rocket Richard. I I I always wondered. I got a big kick out of watching Gordy Howe play because nobody nobody tangled with Gordon Howe. Lou Fontanato, another Ranger defenseman, decided to pick on him. Big mistake. And there were only people down in hockey that knew Gordy Howe could flatten anybody. 
that was that was the time. Uh, I, uh, another memorable occasion is I got Phil Watson fired as the manager of the Rangers. How did that happen? Here's, here's how that happened. In between periods, in between the first and second period, I had him on as a guest doing the color room. And I said, Phil, what's happened with this team? We're always languishing either in the fifth or sixth place in the six-team league. What's with the team? And he went through the team player by player. And he said, unfortunately, he drinks so much beer, he can't move from side to side. <laughs> Fontenelle couldn't hit. Harry Howell couldn't hit. He would hit his sister. And he had two bad legs. He can't, he can't, he can't, he can't skate. <laughs> he went through the whole team one by one, picking them apart. When the next period started, I took a look at the bench, and Phil Watson wasn't at the bench. <laughs> Muzz Patrick, the general manager, was at the bench. That's I was oh my, my God, what happened? What happened, of course, is that Muzz Patrick was listening to the broadcast, came down to the dressing room and fired Watson on the spot. I, I'll tell you one thing. At the end of the game, I didn't go to the dressing room as I usually did. <laughs> I ran home. Uh. I was afraid I'd run into somebody. That was a memorable occasion, too. So, you know, you take a look at your career, and obviously, you know, so many people know you from Let's Make a Deal, and there's generations that, you know, I'm a huge Ranger fan, I'm 57, so I was not aware that you were an announcer. Uh, when you look back at that time as a sports announcer, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? It's a, the funny thing happens, when I, when I was doing the Ranger games, I was also... In the summer, I was broadcasting international soccer from the polo grounds. They, they didn't have a, the league here, but they had international league. They had Scotland playing Yugoslavia and so on and so on. And they played at the polo grounds. And uh, the W, I forget what, what station was carried, but they said, Does anybody here know how anything about soccer in the United States? And I said, I do. I played it. I played it at college in Canada. He says, well, you're the guy. No one should just do it. As a matter of fact, he said, we've got a guy from the BBC coming in from London. He'll broadcast one half, and you broadcast the other half. And then we'll pick, we'll pick the guy. And we did, and I got the job. Amazing. And what, what, was memorable, what was memorable of that occasion was that Scotland is playing Yugoslavia in the final. Before the game, both teams are on the field, warming up. All of a sudden, the national anthem of Great Britain starts to play, and everything just goes stop. Everything on the ball field stops, and the guy stood at attention. They didn't line up, but they stood at attention, waited until the national anthem was over. When that played, the Yugoslavia national anthem played, and the Scottish team stayed at attention, but the Yugoslav players kept kicking the ball around. And I, with great foresight, said, I can only assume that we played the wrong anthem. I think we played the Mahalovich anthem. We should have been playing the Tito anthem. And at that time, Tito was the head of Yugoslavia and not Mikhail Mihailovich. And indeed, that's what it was. We had... And I work it out, we had the old album, 
and the players would not stand at attention for it. <laughs> that is amazing. So there's uh, another amazing story. I, you know, I'm, I'm so surprised that people have not really tapped into you about your sports casting career. So, well, I, I, years ago I did, did a couple of interviews on the radio with some of the guys here, but not the last 15, 15 years. Uh, but uh, that, that I, I love that. Q Magazine said, "What announcer in America would know the difference between a Tito right, and a exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. I, I don't want to keep you too long. So the last question I have for you, it, well, it's twofold. First of all, uh, who was in, in the years that you covered the New York Rangers? Who was your favorite Ranger to watch and to talk to? Well, my favorite Ranger was Andy Bathgate, and the reason for that was that Andy Bathgate played in the league in baseball league." As a midget, back in Winnipeg when I coached another team, and he was about 12 or 13 years old, and I remember him very well growing up, what a great young athlete he was. So that later on when he played for the Rangers, and I befriended him, he was a perfect gentleman, one of the great, one of the great guys in sports. Andy Bathgate, the greatest player I ever saw play, was Bobby Orr. The single thing that, you know, when you were announcing as a Ranger announcer, how the fans, you know, took to you on the, on the radio. Well, I, I didn't have any problem. I had more problems doing Let's Make a Deal. <laughs> people would call me and say, you, you favored one person over another person. You picked somebody, you shouldn't pick somebody. You didn't pick that person. <laughs> so, but uh, just reporting re, 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 hockey, they couldn't, they couldn't say anything. Great. I appreciate you taking the time. A huge thrill. I mean, I, I do a radio show. Uh, I was telling my wife, I've spoken to many people in the Hall of Fame. I said, I'm actually going to get to speak to Monty Hall tonight, and it's better than all the Hall of Famers I've ever spoken to. Uh, I'm, I'm so thrilled that you took the time. Thank you so much. You're quite welcome. Good luck to you. Thank you. Have a great Bye -bye. night.